Oh my God, we are live, but not really. Welcome to the Mind Meld Podcast with Dave Perry. Uh, I'd like to welcome my co-host. Introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? Ryan Rail, uh, co-host of the Mind Meld Podcast and also lead and sole proprietor, not proprietor, <laughs> but uh, I also run the ATX Metal Podcast, supporting local music here in Central Texas, but I also talk to bands all over the world. But enough about band shit. Let's talk about some mind meld stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, very excited to have a, a new software in place that's supposed to be upping our uh, our visual game. Um, I will say right off the bat, um, your your face is freezing uh, like every five seconds, and you're incredibly pixelated right now. Is this no is this normal? And it, this it will, is will be okay in post. Correct. What you're seeing right now, what, what what Dave and I are seeing right now in real time is pixelation, and it's all you know the internet's crowded. But the way <laughs> Riverside way works, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did a fair amount of homework because we, Chris and I, of uh, when I did the ATXML podcast with Chris, we ran around looking for different scenarios, different workthroughs for better content, higher quality content. And at the time, they're just that was this 2016, 2017. It was still kind of lacking, but yeah nowadays this is this is browser based this is all recording in the cloud yeah. and what me and you see are tr is basically trash but yeah. <laughs> what we're going to see on the back end is going to be 1080 high quality audio video but uh but yeah i'm really i really enjoy I, this because i it think also i think when you and i get together like even when we're not recording a podcast and we're just in a room together i think what you and i both see is is trash yes yes i mean when i look at you i just think you know burning <laughs> dumpster also, the smell is equally oh, as just tire good. tire fire. <laughs> but no, it's I really, I really, I really enjoy um, doing this. I'm glad that we found a software. This is obviously like test run number one with myself and you. But uh, but anyway, so how you been, Dave? Good man. Um, it has been an interesting 2024 so far. I feel like it's maybe off to a better start than 2023. I mean, it's kind of hard. Like there's, you know, you have your, your personal life and your assessment of the world through that lens. And then you have to look at the, the, I guess the national scale, uh, and then the global scale. Um, do you remember like off, just like off the top of your head, what was, what was happening globally January of 23? What did that look like in the, in the world? Man. January 23, 2023 that I remember I was cleaning pools <laughs> but globally man i <laughs> fuck i can't i i can't remember but i mean so i'm looking at the the i'm looking i'm looking at the cnn database of they just have all their like articles archived like, uh yeah like top 20 day, all you know so um yeah i'm gonna so take like, a guess looking at let's see what the hit me hit me with the what happened in the first week of 23 and I guess it's important to note that it's according to CNN because they have different uh, store like news priorities than Fox, for example. <laughs> so what's what's CNN talking about in the first week of twenty three? Um, it's either going to be something to do with Jack Smith or the Super Bowl. Okay. All right, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just fire off some headlines. You let me know like what really sticks out to you. And this is, I mean, so this is like from the entire site. So this covers a lot. Um, Taiwan willing to offer help to China to deal with COVID nineteen surge. Um, 
flooding temporarily closes Bay Area highway and prompts evacuation warnings in Northern California. Anita Pointer of the Pointer Sisters dies at 74. TSA finds gun parts hidden in peanut butter jars at JFK Airport. Um, Myths and facts about treating a hangover. Inflation is killing the first dinner date. Uh, This wildlife rehabilitator rescued over 1,600 bats during Houston cold snap. I don't even know how you do that. Are you like literally picking them off the ground? I would imagine that would happen with a bat, right? It gets cold and it starts to die and it hits the ground. I don't think you go to the like Congress Street Bridge and get a a large ladder and just go like picking apples. Yeah, you're not out there with a net just swooping them out as they come out from underneath the bridge. And for those listening and watching, uh, that's a thing. Congress Street, Congress Avenue Bridge in Austin, Texas is where a multitude of bats hang out. That is a massive understatement. It is the largest urban gathering of bats in the Western Hemisphere. Is it really? Yep. I think it's at its height. It's uh, during like breeding season. There is 1.2 million bats that live under that one single bridge. And it's important to know that it's in an urban setting. There's like caves in the jungles of South America and stuff that have many, oh, many God, millions, yeah. but in an urban setting. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, former Pope Benedict asks whatever the number is, uh, 14, uh, 16 <laughs> Asks Roman numerals are hard for the record. Um, ask for forgiveness and thanks God in final published letter. Is that the one that like was n- Nazi adjacent? The only thing that I know about the Catholic religion is there's a whole lot of them. There's a whole lot of people that subscribe to the Catholic religion. And there's also a whole lot of pedophiles up in that church. (laughs) That's that's pretty much like I'm not a religious person. Um, I don't. I want to be very clear here. If you subscribe to any religion, more power to you. But once Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like a threshold, there's a line in the sand. And when you start, you know, invoking like when you start pressing that upon people and trying to get them to i don't know go along with your your ideals based off of a book that was written god knows how long or god, a lot knows, knows how long god does god, god does actually god does know <laughs> it was what two two thousand some odd years ago or six thousand some odd years how old's the earth well yeah of course of course can yeah, hammer tell you six thousand years ago okay but yeah i i it, it is it is wild how many billions of dollars in lawsuits that the Catholic Church has settled due to indecencies with minors. Yeah, uh, the spotlight is a really good movie to watch for those who are because I feel like most people are unless you've been in a coma or like are like willfully like trying to shelter yourself from especially if you are a Catholic and it might make you like a questioning Catholic and you're like trying to avoid any sort of narrative or factual reporting on what's happening. <clears throat> Spotlight is a really good movie um, based on factual events about how the, I believe is the Boston globe was the first major publication to really crack open that case and report on it on a, on a national and certainly global level. Like that's where we first started seeing movement in terms of even just like, I mean, it's called spotlight. It's like literally putting a spotlight on like identifying the problem and giving it a name. It had been happening for decades and who knows, maybe centuries before then because of the power and the literal global historical influence of the church. um, Nothing was happening. And when you, it's so interesting when you think about combining the, the historical importance and just foundation of this mega global organization combined with their rule book essentially mandates 
uh, guilt and piety and, and humbleness and, uh, like accepting inferiority to the leadership and obviously the leader. Um, so when you combine those two things, it's a perfect equation for taking advantage of your followers and having no consequences. It's a, it's a perfect storm for awfulness. I have a, this fucked up, but interesting to me thought popped in my head and I'd be curious to know what, like a, what a, um, psychologist would say. So and I really want to phrase this correctly because this could come out wrong. Um, <laughs> Be so careful. You, you, said, you said that there's basically rampant pedophilia in the church. Oh. Um, I what is what is factually correct is that there have been a unbelievably disgusting multitude of sexual assaults against children from Catholic leadership in parishes. Uh, in the in the thousands, maybe even yes. ten thousands, as records continue to be revealed. What I'm curious about is that, like, is that from a clinical sense, given the context of what a priest, for example, living the most purest subscription of the Catholic Church, uh, being celibate, being married to God, as a nun would say, etc., <clears throat> and then they resort to this type of sexual behavior. I'm curious if that is actually classified as pedophilia. Um, in an example that I might give a parallel is, and this is in absolutely no way justifying it, but in prison, there is, you know, you read it in reporting. It's obviously depicted in, in TV and movies and whatnot, but there is uh, in certain facilities among certain communities or whatever, there's like huge amounts of sexual assault. And that includes yeah. rape and it's like man on man sex. And like, you know, I think that that might be the, the origins of that could just be like, I'm a sexual deviant and I'm a, I am a rapist. Uh, but then there's other ways that that manifests where it's rooted in something that like does not exist outside of prison, like power and dominance yeah. and like almost stuff that you see in like nature documentaries about how like the alpha chimp claims control of the pack it's it's still a fucking horrendous thing and if a hell exists it's where you belong but i'm just curious from a like remove all feeling and emotion and the human experience just like from a clinical perspective when you're looking at the origins of the the motivation and what led to it um you know it's not just it, like, in the prison example it's not just like i'm just fulfilling a sexual need i'm horny so i'm gonna go fuck an, an inmate without his right. consent Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like there, there's these extra layers of context that I'm, I'm curious from a clinical perspective. How is that labeled? And then so if, so if you're able to draw a, a pretty clear difference between your run of the mill, awful garbage rapist and then a we'll say life sentence inmate that resorts to rape. And all of the, re and maybe he had no history of sexual assault and, and wasn't a rapist and, and maybe has absolutely nothing to do with his sexual orientation. Um, it's being used as a tool of dominance and asserting dominance and expressing dominance, or even like a way of a, attack, uh, your, your victims or your rivals. So take that type of mentality and apply it to the Catholic church situation. Is this truly run of the mill Megan's law? Like, Hey, if you weren't wearing the collar you'd still be a run of the mill pedophile. You just happen to have this specific job or right. because of how the Catholic church, like literally brainwashes and conditions these individuals under literal punishment of eternal damnation. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, is, isn't that kind of an interesting thought of like, what does that, what would that be labeled? Is that actually true pedophilia? It obviously includes sexual assault against children, which is one of the most heinous things anyone can possibly fathom. But just, yeah, I'm just curious from like a, a, a clinical perspective, like what that is labeled when you factor in all of the, the criteria and internal and external uh, circumstances that are, are leading to a quote, man of God acting on these feelings. Is that really acting on like, oh man, I've just always wanted to fuck kids or, <laughs> which I, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not the thing to laugh at Ryan. <laughs> it's uh, uncomfortable. It's uh, like laughing uh, at a funeral, laughing at a funeral. I've laughed at funerals. I have some version of laughing maybe not the kind of laugh where i'm watching the, the other guys but almost like a like a, <laughs> oh man life is garbage yeah <laughs> yeah um I, what do you think i <sighs> play the, armchair expert yeah the level the level of which you have to open your brain to even begin to explore topics like that is on such an uncomfortable level for a lot of people that it's just, you know, kind of like the whole kitchen table thing, like thing, something like kitchen table. And, and, uh, and my wife says uh, like bar talk, you don't talk about politics or religion at the kitchen table oh, or the I got bar. You. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So once you get past that hurdle, then you have to start, you know, extrapolating like, okay, I just don't, understand how a and and for from all of the news articles that i've read or been exposed to it's always an older white dude that is trying or has you know gone like ah man i guess desecrate i don't know what the word is but those are the those are the people that are always pinpointed as the uh what's the word i'm looking for purveyor as the the god damn what's the word i'm looking for dave help me uh, out the, the thesaurus per, the perpetrator perpetrator there yeah, we go yeah. um they're always the perpetrators and it just it, it it boggles my mind that how someone thinks that is okay in their head especially especially men of the cloth, you know, they, they are put up on such a pedestal. I mean, yeah, like literal messengers just, of, of God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many of these doomsday evangelicals are out there just saying that this is the end and, you know, cleanse your soul and do all this. But then like uh, the next day it, you have another article come out where such and such priest from such and such diocese is charged with 69 counts of sexual assault on you know children and yeah. primarily boys like the, and this is the other thing it's like why is it why is it all little boys like i like i, mean, I, I have a, I, I think it's because of the just the proximity of like the altar boy program and like yeah. young boys being put into the kind of like boy scouts yes exactly yeah i mean i boy scouts is actually uh i think maybe it's changed in recent times but i certainly historically has been gender specific. So there really would be no scenario in which girls, yeah, I guess are being, so. but I don't think the Catholic church is that way. But I do think that like, in terms of the program, <clears throat> uh, like 
alt the system, whatever the machine is like recruiting altar boys and young men to be in the church and go to seminary at a much higher rate than women. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. But in the, you know, oh. but in the same way that like you it's with, you could very easily in a, in a five second Google search, find interviews with inmates who either admit to uh, sexually assaulting fellow inmates or have been, you know, like actually caught doing it and has increased their sentence saying it has nothing to do with their sexual orientation. Um, that's just a interesting thought, you know, is I it, get okay. what you're saying. Me, like there is, it is, it is, yeah, it is te technically, it's typically older man on, on young boy. Um, but I, I don't even know if it would be, I'd be very curious to see if any priests have on the other side of this like that would be fascinating to hear convicted priests talk about like oh yeah i'm gonna check that out google that right now i mean i just think because of <laughs> there's just so much guilt there's a literal lifetime of pain and judgment and a possible eternity of damnation waiting for them <laughs> on the other side that uh, yeah but dude i would watch that netflix show for sure i speaking of netflix um and how so back to i guess kind of adjacent to your prisoner scenario it, I watch. Uh, I think it's on Ozark. I've been watching. I've been going back through Ozark, trying to get through the the whole season, just because I missed season three and four. So I'm rewatching from one to four. When you say and you missed it, you mean you just intentionally didn't. missed it? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I was like, I'm not watching this until it's done, and that way I can just binge it and not have to worry about waiting for it next week like we used to have to do back in the day. But dude, I'm sorry. It's just, really, I'm sorry. Just real quick. Just a real quick note. I have to. <laughs> I just looked up this. I was googled have any priests talk about their rape and this nbc article comes up of almost 1700 priests and clergy accused of sex abuse are unsupervised and you just i'm gonna just we'll have this show on the screen but the picture of the guy for this article is like uh, the most stereotypical like if you're in a grocery store and you saw this guy you'd be like oh you are a rapist you rape children <laughs> but it's this oh this picture is wow. classic it's a it's amazing classic. so anyways uh ozarks incredible show no i the one thing that I've picked up on through growing up in conservative North Carolina and then getting out of that, like I was, I was in and out of the church, good times, bad times, dress, you know, your Sunday's finest. I'm sorry, which Catholic church? No, 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 no. I was Baptist, Christian, Methodist. I mean, throw a dart at flavors Central of Christianity. North. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just throw a dart. But, you know, when I was watching when I was watching Ozark, one of the characters and this isn't a spoiler alert, um, one of the characters portrays straight, but then is actually has these side uh, affiliations to being a homosexual. But he but he gets, I don't know, caught up and like he calls him, you know, the F word uh, and, you know, kind of it, it's really it's like it's like this weird dichotomy where they act all big and macho and then behind closed doors they actually like to do you know other stuff <clears throat> but whenever so you could go into prison you know straight as an arrow but then you know just wanting to fulfill those sexual tendencies they you know hey this is what i have afforded to me, well, this is when, what's you say, when you say enter prison straight as an arrow, you're saying that they have lived a heterosexual life, but they're yes. but they're actually a, a gay man. They just have never acted on their actual right. their true sexual orientation. Okay, right, right, and it, it just I don't know. I just feel like in today's 
in in yesterday's world, I just remember growing up like men aren't men aren't supposed to emote their you know their emotions and you know don't be a bitch suck it up and then there's like this disconnect of I don't know I personally think that stuff like that is definitely trauma from younger years and it's this type of indoctrination to where you know you have to present yourself and live this lifestyle but then you get I don't not not afforded the opportunity some are forced obviously but I, I don't know this this is a topic where you could go 37 different ways and I guess just to to come back to the the cat old Catholic priest I just I still do not understand in 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 anyone's mind how they can justify those actions especially especially priests and pastors and those you know leaders in 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 churches not just the catholic religion i mean this oh, it, sure. this is yes, yes. broad spectrum yes so but would you concede that or agree that there must be examples if not maybe even the majority that this has nothing to do with actual like sexual orientation or or maybe even i i do think so i do think it's it's not necessarily indicative of sexual orientation which to me doesn't matter at all but it it does matter because we live in a world and specifically a country that is pushing this like gays and specifically trans are evil. And so this is perfect evidence of like, see, they're attacking our children. Um, so like, if you're able to just say like, this actually isn't something that is correlated with sexual orientation exclusively, I'm sure that there are, I'm sure that there are gay priests. I'm sure that there are pedophile priests. I also think that just like in the prison example, there are individuals who live an entire life of Catholic guilt and processing and that turns them into the unrecognizable monster who abuses their position of power. I get it now. To do this, and it actually has nothing to do with sexual orientation or them being a pedophile, just like someone going into prison. So you're saying be, more of a, it's more of a power play. No, that's just the prison example. It's like that is how okay. rape is used in prison. Um, I mean, it very much could be. It, it is certainly executed through power, right? Like I am not only your like superior, but I'm literally a messenger of God, and you're being put through a system where you're you're being indoctrinated and maybe even fed into uh, seminary school. Um, so there is a certainly an incredible power dynamic, but it's not in the same way where it's like yeah, I own the fucking altar boys as the way it would be used in <laughs> prison. In fact, there's probably, and I'm just assuming, but there's, it's probably much more openly known in prison as opposed to like, Hey, you know, we go to Sunday mass and, and father O'Malley has definitely fucked a few kids, but we don't really talk about it. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, father O'Malley. Yeah. That guy, dude, it's fucked up. I, <clears throat> this seems like a somewhat good segue. I, I saw a movie recently that I think you would find intriguing, especially because the whole movie in my mind is an allegory for cancel culture. So the movie okay. is called dream scenario and it stars Nicolas Cage. And maybe this is where in the episode, a little, little clip of the trailer will, will come up. Boom. Yeah. Um, but the very condensed version of it is, um, Nicholas Cage is a totally burned out past like midlife crisis that has extended into later life, just like didn't self-actualize, didn't actually achieve anything, 
Uh, his exes have achieved things. The people around him have achieved things. No one recognizes his brilliance. Um, and he is kind of just faded into obscurity. And he teaches this like low level psych class in a, at a, you know, not awesome university. And he just like every aspect of his life is like, wah, wah. and then one day he is going to dinner with his wife and an ex-girlfriend of his from a while ago runs into him. Let's just say his name's Jake. I can't remember. It was like, Oh, Jake, it's, it's so good to see you. Um, this is going to sound really weird, but like you've been in my dreams a lot recently. And, okay. you know, I've, what, what do you, what does it mean to you when someone, especially someone of the opposite sex and maybe even someone that you are interested in, or you've had tension with, or, or you've been in a relationship. If someone says, I've been dreaming about you a lot. Like, what does that mean to you? What is that indicative of? Especially the fact that they're willing to tell you that they've been dreaming about you. I think, cause I've had, I've, I love to dream. I think dreaming is some of the coolest shit because it's your mind just unlocked, just dealing with life. Agreed. I, hope, ways... I hope we're able to record it in our lifetime. That would be, I would rather right. have that than flying cars. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, there's theories out there that your mind actually records everything through your entire life. You just have to figure out how to unlock it. Sure. And one of those things are through dreams. Now, obviously to get to dreaming, you have to hit rim and God knows how many, how many people on the planet never get solid sleep. That's a totally different subject. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think, you know, cause I have a, I have a journal by my book, by my bed that whenever I wake up, I, and if I was dreaming, I just jot down little notes and then go back to sleep because yeah. it's some of, it's some of the coolest shit, man. I mean, there's things, there's, there are things that you can do in your dreams or that are done in your dreams that just defy reality, but also that also describe reality. Sure. So if someone tells me, Hey man, I was, fuck, I just, I had a dream about you, whether it's male or female. I honestly think that there is something in their life that's going on that is relatable to our relationship yep. that they're trying to work through. And if they want to expand upon that, I'm all ears. You know, I'm a, I'm a very open book when it comes to talking about people's emotions and situations. I'm a, I'm a huge empath. So if somebody wants to kind of dive into that, yeah, let's go grab a beer or, you know, grab sure. some lunch or whatever. But I think that it's someone trying to maybe connect some dots or figure something out. And if I'm in their dreams, yeah. then I am in the mix somehow. So let's, you know, let's work through it. Yeah. In my experience, especially in a like heterosexual dynamic, just anecdotally based on my extensive life, um, <laughs> when I, in my experience, and I've been guilty of this too, is that people in this scenario, a woman telling a man, a man telling a woman, Hey, I've been, you've been in my dreams is almost like waiting till you're drunk <clears throat> to tell someone how you actually feel. And you can use it yeah. under the guise. And it might actually be something that you dreamt about, but you're also perfectly capable of being like, I actually have these feelings for you. But instead of telling you that, I'm just going to tell you about this dream that I had. Right. And then I don't control my dreams. It's just, wow, this is a wild thing. <clears throat> and the fact that, you know, your dreams are incredibly private. It's literally the most private thing you can have. No one else has access to it. And if you never tell anyone, no one will ever know. So going through the effort to be like, hey, I dreamed about you. Here's the dream is on par with just telling them your feelings. You just have that buffer of protection of being like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to kill you. I'm just dreaming about killing you, you know? <laughs> so, so speaking <laughs> of that, just real quick, uh, that, that hits on two things. Um, today is what January 30th as of recording this. Yeah. Uh, Elon announced that the first neural link has been installed into a human and on 
Twitter, formerly or on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, a lot of people think that it's the account called Cat Turd. So who knows? <laughs> and and then I was reading this. Why, I think why, it's did, like, why inter- do they think it's that? Why do they think that it's that account? Just because Cat Turd just just look up Cat Turd. Okay, he doesn't say the most okay. amazing stuff, but it's a very very popular account to follow. Anywho, then the second part of that is talking about how you were saying in my dream and you like someone expressing their full on emotions. Yeah. Also on X, there was this, I think the account is like internet hall of fame or wild something. It was a chat between uh, a guy and a girl. And he was saying, man, I'm, I'm so glad that you met me and we hung out and she's like, yeah, yeah, it was great. And he's like, well, you know, full honesty, you know, I just thought I was going to rape you. But now that you've met me and saw <laughs> that I was a really nice guy, I'm glad that we can go out on a second date. And I'm like, homie, I don't think you're getting that second date. You might be getting a restraining order no. for the police show up at your house. But yeah, I, I, dear Lord. Yeah. It's, it's the internet is full of <clears throat> interesting stuff. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> hot take. <laughs> hot so, take. So this, so this woman comes up to Nicholas Cage and says, Oh my God, it's so amazing to see you. I've actually been dreaming about you recently. And then she like, continues to elaborate on it. She's like, actually like a lot. You're like a main character of my dreams over mm. the last couple of weeks. And it, Nick's girlfriend is standing right next to him or wife actually. And it, it becomes uncomfortable. And it, for the exact reasons that I just explained to you, I have, I have, don't blame his wife for being like, what the fuck is going on right now? This woman who right. is an ex that I understand is an ex is telling my husband right in front of me. Like I dream about you all the time. Um, but Nick is very curious being a psych professor and coming from that world. He's like, you know, tell me about the dreams, like what's happening in them. Am I doing anything? Am I the villain? They agree to get together the next day for lunch and talk about it. She is a journalist and for like a, a pretty reputable, she's one of the people in his orbit who have become successful while he has been left behind. So she's actually getting together for lunch with him to ask for his permission to write about these dream experiences and call him out or identify, I don't know, call him out, but identify him by name just for the like oh. validity of the story. And given his thirst for acknowledgement and visibility, he's like, absolutely. Yeah. Like you can talk about me. So she like talks about her dreams, shares pictures of him and explains the, the like context of the dream. So, so she publishes this and then the comment section blows up with random people being like, Holy shit, me too. Are dreaming of him? Of dreaming of him. And he's nobody. Oh. Never been on TV. No scandal that's ever been like written about. He's a he is a typical textbook nobody. And it turns into the vast majority of the planet is simultaneously dreaming about Nicolas Cage. Um every single night and this article like put a face to it. And again, because most people don't like either remember hundred percent of their dreams. They're certainly not going around and showing up at work on a Monday and be like, Hey Susan, well, <laughs> you know, I had three dicks in my dream last night, you know, like, but it, it, it there becomes this <laughs> universal connection of everyone online. He becomes a huge celebrity very quickly. And everyone wants to crack the case of like, why are we dreaming about him? And a really cool part about the movie is that you're seeing these people's dreams. In fact, the attendance Ah. in his psych class goes through the roof because of this phenomenon. And then he's super, he's obsessed with it for like 
good, like authentic reasons from a psychology standpoint, but he's also the adoration and the focus on him he can't get enough of. So he wants to know from every single person, like, what is your dream? What role do I play in it? Let's talk about it and analyze it. And for the wow. first couple of days of this, it's super innocuous. It's almost like you just showed up in my dream. It's a dream I would be having anyway, like I'm naked at school or I'm remembering this trauma or it's something really amazing and I'm roller skating with my best friends and you're the, you're the DJ. But for the most part, he's doing nothing. <laughs> In, in almost all of the dreams, he's like a passive observer. It's almost like he's a bystander or an NPC. Yeah, yeah. that And that he's almost like in the audience of right. these dreams. And again, no one except for like a handful of people from his life knows who he is. But there is this, this ubiquity of him in almost all dreams. <clears throat> and then he becomes a celebrity. He starts doing, you know, interviews. He's on news shows. Authors want to talk about there's this whole thing about like influencer marketing that gets real crazy about how, you know, how can we sell Sprite in people's dreams? It, it, it explores oh all God. of these really fascinating <laughs> concepts. But, of course it does. But then, Capitalism. But then, What's up? but then the movie takes this twist where in the same way that everyone starts, it's kind of simultaneously started having these uh, innocuous dreams about him all almost everyone's dreams turn into nightmares and he is the villain oh he is a rapist he is a murderer he is a demon he is stealing your children he like terrible the, the the substance of your worst nightmares except that he is the source of it and then there is this global connectivity of like social media news interviews and everyone has a unified face of who the villain is in their dreams but it immediately translates into real life and his he's canceled in like the worst way I mean, people even break into his home and try to kill him while he's sleeping because it's like, you're tormenting me, you're haunting my dreams and his entire uh, life, I, whatever, this is spoiling it, sorry. So, so, they, <laughs> so, they think, so they think if they get rid of him, then they'll be free of these nightmares, even though yeah, they started I mean, this, out. So the guy that broke in is, is mentally ill, but it, okay. all of these other people who are relatively sane, I, I just think it's commentary on cancel culture and this mob mentality of like, you don't know this person, you know, you hear something about fucking whatever Johnny Depp or some politician that you'd never Taylor heard Swift. of before. Taylor Swift. Well, yeah. But Taylor Swift is everyone knows Taylor. Everyone is aware of Taylor Swift. So a better example is like a politician that you've never heard of before, but then they're being exposed for something or even Mike accused Johnson. of something. Um, and then you have a, Oh, okay. Well I heard this narrative and I formulated my opinion and fuck you. Or maybe you're going along party lines and being, I don't care what the evidence is, no matter what, he's innocent and you're woke, cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. Um, but this dude, his life is completely ruined. He can't handle the pressure. I don't know that any human could handle being universally reviled um, because of what uh, an image, essentially the thought of you is doing to people in their nightmares. But then they wake up. I mean, I've, I've been in relationships before, and this is with knowledge of who I am. I've been in relationships before where my girlfriend is angry at me when she wakes up for what I did to her in her dream. Yes. And that is yes, a manifestation of like insecurities or maybe actual, in, you know, things that I've done wrong in the relationship but that, that can manifest in real emotions. I can relate to that. I can't relate to the whole fucking world <laughs> who basically, Fuck you, Dave. who virtually no one knows who I am, but they hate me. Uh, I mean, just isn't that a crazy concept? Like, I'm attracted to movies. It's so difficult these days to like to have a fresh perspective, tell a new story. Ugh. Everything has been done a billion times. So, like, I saw the premise for this movie. I was like, I'm genuinely interested in this, and I think they nailed it. Like, it's a super cool concept, and it just brings up an interesting. It, it's a very, I think, salient way of 
uh, depicting the power and unruliness uh, and illogical nature of cancel culture. I, I to that point um, of trying to find a movie or a series that is fresh and new. Yeah. Kind of like uh, was that movie about Don't Look Up with DiCaprio? Sure. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah. That was a fresh take. If you have, if you guys, if you haven't seen it, God, please go fucking look at it. That is, that is the epitome of American culture of oh, not American culture. It, it is based on the, I think the political sphere of America, but, yep. it, but yeah, to, to, to be this nobody and then to be this somebody simply because they're being dreamed about yep. and then it's this good and then it's this bad and you just have to deal. I've, I've, how would you even escape? Could you even escape that? There'd be no way. There'd be no fucking you would, way. To you would do have that. to completely unplug, like literally go yeah. off the grid, which you'd have to drop off into Tanzania or somewhere in the rainforest in Brazil and just be like, bye. Yeah, but he, but and, he's coming from all this whole thing happens in the span of like a week and he's coming from maybe decades, but certainly many years of, <clears throat> of obscurity and feeling like he has no identity. And he was given this taste. He is a, a, he is literally the most popular person and most recognizable person on the planet for 8 billion people for like three days. So I, I feel like that's really good character. What is this called again? Dream, dream theory? Dream scenario. Dream scenario. I'm going to write that down. It might even be available for, it is available on Amazon now. So totally oh, worth a watch Bezos. and really, really good. Um, Nicholas Cage is a tremendous actor. That doesn't mean that every movie he does is a home run and he's done a ton of like straight to DVD <laughs> nonsense, but like, it's still the yeah. same guy that did, you know, leaving Las Vegas and adaptation and, and he can do the action Dude. movie star. He can do the totally unhinged psychopath. He plays pathetic really well. Um, he can, the fact that he can do like adaptation and face off very well is shows oh, yeah. an amount of range that most actors don't have, even though he's. Yeah, you know, has tends to be the butt of a lot of industry jokes. He's still he's not fucking Corey Feldman. Like he has legitimate <laughs> talent. It just gets allocated in very weird ways. And then he lives a weird life and went bankrupt because he's buying Tyrannosaurus T Rex skulls for his mansion and went. Uh, yeah, he went bankrupt. Wait, yeah, you can look up the so at a, this was like ten years ago. He went bankrupt, and in his bankruptcy filings, you can they basically itemized <clears throat> everything that was collected to. Uh, settle his debts and he owned like two tigers and a real t-rex skull from a museum that he bought for like five million dollars so he could just sit in his fucking entryway it's um, well dinosaurs aren't real according to the cloth so you know <laughs> i think full circle that bitch. i think they are i think yeah there's b belief well, that they're not I, real but then there's also belief that, that they are they they aren't real but there's people who believe they are real they just coexisted with humans right. six thousand years ago because science <laughs> Do you think that there were versions of us that existed during the Jurassic period? No. Okay. I mean, Fair there's enough. no physical reason to believe. I mean, if so, we know about the existence of dinosaurs because of the fossil record. And that literally just has to do with, they're not finding dinosaurs like, oh, we found most dinosaurs within or whatever. 500 feet of the surface in modern day. But then we found all of these humans two miles down. Like you would find human remains. That's true. Uh, we have found so many dinosaur and we'll just say prehistoric creature bones over the decades, if not centuries, we would also find human re remains that would have similar carbon dating. If that was the case. Dude, just, uh, just 
down here in Leander, there's dinosaur foot tracks in the San Gabriel River. Whenever it's dry, whenever the water's low enough, you can actually go and see dinosaur footprints is that, in, in the bedrock. Is that something that like looks like a dinosaur or there's actually been identified no, no, as like paleontologists? No, no, that... it's, it's legit. Oh, yeah, it's just awesome. look up, uh, yeah, just look up Leander dinosaur tracks in, 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 you'll, I mean, I, I live, well, I don't want to dox myself, but, um, <laughs> give us your address. Yeah. It's flashing, it's I, flashing I, on the screen right now. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I live, I live within walking distance of that. And to this day, I have never gone, which I don't know why. And I always talk about it. My kids are always like, can we go down to the river? And me being, you know, a country boy at heart I, who used to play in the creeks and the ravines in central, central North Carolina all the fucking time. Yeah. You would think that I would be down at the river. I mean, that's part of the reason why I live here. Cause there's a fucking river down there. Like what's not, I think that it's one of the natural beauties of, of this planet is just, you know, just nature. I mean, but sure. with the, with the explosion of this area, I mean, Leander was the fastest growing city in 2018, 19, 20. I mean, it was top number one, top five and top 10 in the past, like four to five years. In so I mean, I've watched yeah, uh, in America under populations of a hundred thousand. Oh, interesting. so wow. Yeah. It's, it is on fucking fire and they're still building out here and, all that fun stuff. But if you would like to just have a day out with the family or by yourself and just do a little walking around, you can come up here to Leander and, you know, park your car and walk down to the river and then walk around the bend and see some fucking dinosaur tracks. Oh yeah. Cause you should be their, they their Jurassic park guide. <laughs> yeah. Come on down, Mike. I don't know why I did the Aussie accent, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> why did I just embody, uh, you know, that famously uh, Australian character from God, what is his name? I guess the clever girl guy is, is maybe he's Australian. The guy who in what the is, first movie is, who's all oh, right. Uh, fucking, uh, fucking, uh, Steve Irwin? the alligator wrestler, Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin. Yeah, yes. Alligator yes. wrestler. Alligator wrestler. He was, he did more than that. Yeah. He's a good dude. Guy. Don't minimize his contribution. That dude, that dude, he's a good dude. He's a good heart. Yeah. I mean, dying I mean, what you love. I mean, imagine, imagine getting, getting offed by an animal in which you absolutely love, you know, like your whole, your whole career is surrounded by one thing. And then that one thing kills you, whatever that thing is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you've been in construction for 25 years and then you get fucking dunked on by a backhoe, you know, or, <laughs> or. <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, you know, you're an accountant at some fucking whatever, whatever, and you go to like switch routers, and you get shorted by a wall outlet, and you're, I mean, I don't know. These are very generic, but um, yeah, I highly doubt yeah. that there's many construction workers who feel the way about construction that Steve Irwin felt about. <laughs> I could be wrong, uh, but hey, I've met some guys that like what they do. I don't think Steve Speak Irwin liked what he did. I think he he was loved obsessed. It. Yeah. He fucking loved it. Speaking of work, um, barriers of employment. Mm. I would like to speak on that because I quit my job of an operations manager of a pool company because of the owner. And we just had a disagreement and, you know, are we keep it, are we keeping, morals. It, are we keeping it vague. We have a platform. Keeping it vague. Oh, um, right. Just because. God knows what this background reference company will dig up as they're trying to hire me. But the one thing that I think is interesting is, you know, how many, how many, how many published journals on marijuana tell you that it, it is, it is worse than cocaine or barbiturates or benzos or opioids or anything of that. I mean, fuck dude, alcohol to me, yeah. 
is is worse than marijuana because it, it, of it, my it, it is objectively worse. It's not a matter of opinion. Like physiologically, yeah, I mean, addiction wise, like it is categorically worse. Yeah, but I think uh, one day in in our lifetimes. I do think that marijuana will be federally legalized because it's not a fucking, con- not a schedule one, like get off of that fucking Nixon and yep. war on drug net and Reagan. Yep. And I'm a, it really sucks when you are a skilled participant in the workforce that has a ton of knowledge. You have a skill set that is in high demand and you can't get the job because you have some THC metabolites that are just lingering in your bloodstream or urine. And I used to work, I'll just say this, I'll, I'll go unvague on this one. I used to work, I was, I was a master elite technician for Kia for eight years. I mean, I earned the title after some time, but I took one drug test that was to get in in eight years, never hit a random. And that's, I think that's because they know if I swear to God, if, if, Corporate America just random UA'd the just just throw a dart at, at the payroll. Yep. <clears throat> I would go, I would, I would bet the paycheck that doesn't exist right now, I would bet that on over half the people would pop for something, whether it's marijuana, whether it's coke, whether it's you know, opioids. And I just feel like God, man, it just, it weighs so much and it causes so much anxiety. I just looked up while you're talking as it relates to Colorado law, which means it's pretty easy to assume this for other states, despite Mm -hmm. it being recreationally legal, certainly in the same way that alcohol is in Colorado, Mm -hmm. um, there is no recourse for a wrongful termination suit if you are fired for failing a drug test that shows signs you know, traces of marijuana and it's totally not analogous to failing. Like if you show up to work drunk, you know, like it, like it's just a universally known fact in this realm um, that weed can stay in that THC can stay in your system and that alcohol doesn't work that way. Showing up to work drunk obviously impairs your ability to do your job is inappropriate or whatever. Smoking weed on Friday night and then going to work on Monday totally sober but then getting drug tested on wednesday and being fired by friday is fucking right. bullshit especially yeah. in a state where it's legal this is and it's not just legal the government benefits tremendously from the tax revenue that's oh my god <clears throat> it's a, a absolute bullshit <clears throat> double standard and the fact that it's uh handled you know that drug testing is handled in such a broad stroke way and you can't put a and yeah, and so to that note, I think it was the 2018 <clears throat> farm bill or the 2019 farm bill that legalized hemp production. And there are Delta eight brands and Delta 10, which is synthetic, but Delta nine, that is the actual molecule of T of tetrahydrobada, whatever THC. That's actual weed. That's the shit that is psychoactive that, that, you know, that's, that's the bad shit. <laughs> but the devil's devil's lettuce yeah it's the goddamn jazz cabbage bro but then you can go just fucking walking distance from my house and you can get a score a score fuck you can do you can get kratom you can get ketamine off the shelf i mean you can get you have access to all this stuff but when it comes time to pee in a cup even if you are forward and up front and you're like hey look I got, I get these CBD gummies from, you know, head shop a or gas station B and I've got this, uh, 
this uh, strawberry lemonade flavored Delta eight pen. It like, there needs to be a correction in the system where, would yes. You, would you bring up the flavor in the interview? Fuck yeah. Just, you know, dude, yeah. orange cotton candy is my jam. So you're going to find it uh, in my blood. I'll keep that. I'll keep. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to find, you know, sherbet floating around in my blood. Well, for what it's worth. And I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm speaking hypothetically now. This is not specifically for you for the record. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, considering that this is, uh, this is, I'm going to just call it, you know, the game, right? This is, it's stupid that a, a drug test that can show something that you did way before outside of the confines of work and has nothing to do with your work performance is something that can be used to terminate your, your, so your employment or prevent your employment. So this is a system, there's a game, uh, there's loopholes to this. Um, you know, someone who let's just say runs on a regular basis and works out is, is going to be doing well in terms of flushing their system. And there's also, uh, basically like flush packs, I guess you would call it that you can get at GNC <clears throat> pretty inexpensively that when taken to completion and coupled with like heavy hydration and working out, like you can within days completely flush your system of a, for a piss test hair follicle test is a whole other thing you need to like shave your head right um <laughs> sorry man then, they, then they're taking your pubes and it's a whole thing so um so completely agreed it is unfair it's unbalanced especially for something that has an objective good like for all the people that okay you know there's moral things and blah 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 mm-hmm. on the uh, the benefit to public infrastructure and education and healthcare that has been generated by marijuana sales in the states where it's legalized is objective fact not debatable it's also a objective fact that the substance will be sold distributed consumed without it being legal so why not benefit and regulate it uh, in the same way that alcohol was and is Um, so to be able to still weaponize that against employees and just flat out saying you have no legal recourse is absolute bullshit Remember prohibition on alcohol back was it like a twenties when they, when they run the great depression like, and alcohol consumption yeah. was higher than, just, than ever, just, it just through the absolute roof and not only consumption, but there was zero regulation because technically nothing was being made. So people, I was just watching something on this channel, channel five news. Do you watch that with uh, the, the all gas, no breaks guy? Yeah, all gas, Andrew no breaks, Callahan. Yeah. So he has this, he has a new yeah. channel called channel five, which does a great job of vacillating between like really serious reporting where he has, you know, he has like journalistic ethics, but he does it in this very low production way where it's like a oh, single yeah. handy cam and he's literally holding this tiny mic and I he'll go to outfit. like his actual, like, uh, he doesn't do the suit thing anymore. Um, okay. Um, that was an all gas, no breaks thing, but he, um, you know, he'll go to Israel and Palestine protests. Uh, he went to Ukraine, like, and he's, oh. he's talking to people who are affected by these real harrowing global things. And then he'll also go to the gathering of the juggalos. Or he'll go to Daytona or Sturgis and and talk to just the most fucked up people. And it's great. Like, I love that having one. that level of balance. Um, but he yeah. just did this whole special on, I think it's called Ocean City, New Jersey, which is 20 minutes away from Atlantic City. And it is the, for, for the last hundred years, it has the lowest crime rate per capita of the entire country. And it is pretty easily oh. attributed to the fact that it is, it is and has been since pre-prohibition, a dry town. Um, 
Oh. And there's a great section where, and they talk about this in Boardwalk Empire, and it's pretty easy to find this information, but uh, Prohibition was an abject failure for so many reasons. <clears throat> but a really important thing is because of the Prohibition, there was no need to have like a, we'll just say like, uh, what's who regulates food? An FDA for alcohol FDA. production if technically no alcohol is being produced. But in reality, it was being produced with no regulation whatsoever. So people are doing, you know, like literally like going blind from drinking this like, diesel moonshine. fuel yeah moonshine like this is moonshine. like it's so and again the c consumption rate went through the goddamn roof so it's like you didn't curb the behavior it went through the roof actually the mob essentially was in america was created specifically out of the void that was created um and the opportunity during the prohibition you actually had people physically hurt because the government who regulates all other products wasn't protecting them and you generated absolutely no tech or uh, a tax revenue for almost a decade during one of the worst financial times in American right. history. And in fact, uh, I believe it was FDR specifically ended prohibition under the platform of like, this is the, the revenue source for the government that's going to save the country. And it essentially was, um, also interesting side note when prohibition ended and alcohol was like, reinstituted it was there was a max alcohol level of 3.5 percent like alcohol is legal but, and, and, and it's just gone up and up and up and up and it's just it's interesting how <laughs> fucking 40 percent by volume yeah. you're like let's do it, it was, uh, yeah yeah man so yeah. i think i i mean everybody's got their take on this but you know one of the one of the debates is if you legalize it you know on one side, it's like, oh, this will be the demise of America. Like, no, nah, we already suck just as a as a population in general. And but, legalized has to be under the terms of, which means it's tracked and regulated and put into right. a system. I think people just, this is like the border wall thing, right? It's like, oh, you just no, open and, and borders. And that's what you're saying. It's like, no, it is not that yeah. hyperbolic and binary. And that's what I was saying. Like, like when, when we went to California, I got off the plane. I drove two miles, got out, walked straight into a smoke shop. And on the back of the every everything that I purchased had a lot number, yep. had a production date, had like a serial number. I mean, it is so heavily tracked. And these people are like growing this stuff on a on such a scientific level that it is just, you know, yeah, like how much more potency can we get out of this? Yep. How much more of the indica or the sativa can we hybrid this, you know, adding the flavors yep. and this, this, and that. But, you know, the other side of the argument is if you do legalize it. How many fucking jobs would you create and how much traffic from the south to the north would be instead of intercepted and burned turned into a partnership between, you know, multinational countries, you know, like a trade deal? Like, hey, man, we've got this high fucking demand over you here. The south to the north, you've got you the mean supply. Like Mexico to America? Central America, North, okay. you know, they're, I mean, they're never going to go for cocaine. So, it's a, you know, it's a, sorry, South it's America. It's a very interesting proposition because that would pretty much mean the American government knowingly forming partnerships with the cartel. With the cartel. Fuck yeah. We already have. It's already there. It's already there. Start. Let's start with America and then work on those international borders <laughs> for controlled substances. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that you could... And you, you could, you could relieve the federal, federal prison system and state prison system. You could, you could unask so many people that were, that were just arrested for 
it's so crazy. So you legalize weed and you get tax revenue, but also if you arrest somebody for possessing weed, that's also tax revenue, but that's not tax revenue because it's, you have to pay for that person to be in jail. Yeah. Like for like so many caveats. prisons are fucking yeah. hotels. Yeah. Yes. Pr prisons are fucking hotels. There are P there are, ho there are hotels. There are prisons in States that are actively trying to fill, to become no vacancy because they get paid per yeah. inmate per day. Sure. And that's why there's this massive outrage. It's always been a massive outrage about private prison yep. industry and yada, yada, Our country yada, has bigger I mean, fish to fry than people enjoying a substance <sighs> that is way less worse than alcohol and is legal, but selectively in different states. Right. Uh, no, I agree that bringing a full circle that in our lifetime, it will become federally legal and regulated, and it will be a massive boon for our entire country that will benefit everyone, even if you don't consume or even approve of weed, that your roads, your schools, your healthcare, your neighbors will all benefit from the like hundreds Dude. of billions yes. of dollars that it will, that will generate. So Colorado made so much fucking tax money. They had to give some back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what, what you're going to give back tax money. Okay. Yeah. Count me in. Count me in but too, dude. Well, on that I note, digress. Uh, I'm gonna go roll a fat one. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, gotta, no, I still haven't been hired. I got a couple days. I got a, I got a hard stop here, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to to doing this on a regular basis with you. And I appreciate everyone uh, listening to the Mind Mill podcast with Ryan and Dave. Please subscribe, share, leave a review, even if it's like one sentence. Be like, this is a podcast. Five stars. We we would still. <laughs> Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we're on all the socials. We'll be posting a lot of clips there. Uh, you know, we're going to be ramping this up now that we have this new software in place. Uh, you know, good things are happening and Ryan and I are going to do a better job of, of being consistent and regular and putting out content. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, is, how uh, long does this one take to get put together? Uh, 10 days. Long enough. <laughs> um, yeah, man, good to see you. Let's, uh, let's, let's go all out right. into the world and have great days. Smoke some weed guys. Smoke some weed. <laughs> Bye. Bye.